KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. So what is the future for the Philadelphia Energy Solutions refinery site? Of course, that is a question been on a lot of minds since that June explosion and fire and soon after the bankruptcy of the company. Well, there is a new owner now, but still a lot to be determined about what is to come for the site along the Lower Schuylkill. Now, recently, Drexel University's Lindy Institute for Urban Innovation and the Clean Air Council put forth a vision for the reuse of the site, and it is compelling. Wanted to dig into this, so I caught up with Harris Steinberg, who is the executive director of the Lindy Institute. Check it out. So let's start. What was the origin of this vision? Was this something that uh, the Institute and Clean Air Council were tasked with? Or did you guys just see an extraordinary opportunity here and you thought it was important to, to, to get these ideas out? It's kind of a combination of both. The future of the refinery has been in place for at least a, a dozen years, if not a little longer. As uh, uh, Sunoco left and there were questions back in the early uh, part of this decade whether or not the, the refinery could survive, there were studies that were already beginning to kind of look at whether or not this land could be kind of reintroduced into kind of the city fabric in terms of being kind of more productive, kind of on a larger scale. So the Philadelphia Industrial Development Corporation did a plan in 2012 that looked at the entire lower Schuylkill, which is about 4,000 acres from Gray's Ferry down to the mouth at the Delaware. And at the beginning of that study, the, the question of whether or not the PES site uh, would survive was, was very much an open question. I was at the time at, at Penn, at running Penn Praxis, were part of the, the team that supported PIDC in kind of thinking through the master plan for the lower Schuylkill. So I knew about this site, I knew about its potential, I knew about the challenges. Uh, a year ago in June, when there was the explosion, the fire and the explosion at the refinery, I immediately said, look, I got to write something. I wrote an op-ed that that appeared in the Inquirer in early July, and it really put out, laid out in many ways what you see in the vision. How can we begin to think about 1,400 acres larger than Center City, Philadelphia, in the next 50, 100, 150 years, whatever time frame you want to think about, literally become part of an integrated Philadelphia, physically, uh, environmentally, socially, economically? So right now, the, the site is owned by, I believe it's Hilco Redevelopment Partners. What do we know about their plans? We know um, not a lot. Uh, they have publicly stated that, uh, at least initially, they, the goal is to stop any petroleum refining, storage, transport. And that will be over time. And ultimately, transition the site into some kind of logistics hub meaning the big warehouses where we all get our goods from Amazon and the like. So going from essentially a large kind of gated refinery to a large gated logistics hub. Now, Hilco has not come out with a full-blown master plan yet. It's, what, it's too early in the process. And my sense is that while um, the submission that they made to the Department of Environmental Protection uh, earlier this summer that called for uh, essentially 11 massive warehouses over the entire site was just kind of a, uh, a submission that showed what the, what the complex could look like. If it were remediated and they would essentially encapsulate all of the toxins and raise the ground plane above flood level for the uh, 2030 to 2050 flood levels. So that said, 
I think their their vision is more expansive. I want to kind of understand uh, kind of what they're thinking about, whether or not there are some uh, opportunities for Philadelphians to weigh in on this, what kind of connectivity they're thinking about in terms of the surrounding neighborhoods, uh, the, the environmental systems. There's a lot of questions I have, but they have shown a, uh, an openness uh, to, uh, to explore other options. Yeah, that was my next question. You know, do we know how much they're looking to make this, uh, I don't know if partnership might be too strong, but not just saying this is what we're doing, it's our decision, and how much they want to work with uh, groups like, like this that you see in the vision in the city. You know, I'm hopeful uh, that we had a, a Zoom with them a couple of weeks ago, and that was very optimistic. Exactly what that means in the future, you know, we, we shall see. Uh, they were successful in, in being able to extend the Keystone Opportunity Zone uh, status for the site over the next, for, for another 10 years. So they're looking for tax breaks that directly impacts the school district of Philadelphia funding. So there are, there are public dollars in this, and I think that gives us an opportunity to say, hey, with that, how do we think about the public good? What kind of access to the river from? What kind of trail networks? Can we get to the mouth of the, of the Schuylkill kind of through an extended trail network that brings us all the way down from uh, um, the art museum? So I think there's a lot of opportunities. Exactly how that's going to play out, I'm not sure. But they have said to us that in their other projects, whether it's in Chicago or Baltimore, that they have uh, taken a much more expansive view than just kind of warehouses. All right, so let's talk about the vision, and let's just talk about what you guys put forth. Give me, what are the core values? What are the things you think that are critical that you would love to see available in this site? Well, I think there are a couple of core values that are driving this, and one that came up very clearly through the work that we did with the Clean Air Council uh, and some of the surrounding neighborhoods was about environmental justice. How can a site that has 450 years and, and, and uh, most recently said the last 100 years, been in close proximity to surrounding neighborhoods and what has been the, the effect, the detrimental effect on that in terms of kind of health, safety, and welfare of those uh, kind of citizens who live in close proximity to the site. So environmental justice is a, is a key theme. And how do we begin to repair that? What are the, the policies, tools, and practices that we can use, whether it has to do with uh, kind of uh, financial incentives and in encouraging uh, local businesses to, to take part in the uh, kind of rebirth of this site, whether it has to do with uh, remediation of toxins, whether it has to do with access to the river. All of those are, I think, a part and parcel of what we think about environmental justice. Uh, we think about connectivity, Right now, the site is an island. You know, we, don't, we can't even imagine what it looks like because we always go around it. We never go through it. And yet it is the elephant in the living room, literally. When you come from the airport over the bridge, you have to kind of snake your way kind of around the site, get onto the expressway, kind of through the back door, and then hit, hit the city. Uh, and yet uh, Point Breeze is just across uh, from the expressway from the site. Are there ways to think about bringing the Schuylkill Expressway to grade, making it at a road or a boulevard at that point. We've seen that done in other cities so that people can actually cross the road and get to the site and then down to the river. There might be uh, kind of re, um, revived natural systems. There's a, a river that came through Port uh, Point Breeze and actually emptied into the Schuylkill at a place called Point Breeze that could be uh, restored in some way, shape, or form. So there are a number of different kind of values that are driving this vision. But, but first and foremost, it's about 
environmental justice and it's about connectivity in a way that ultimately kind of sutures, uh, sutures this site back into the city fabric in a really kind of wholesome uh, fashion. You talk about environment, environmental justice and just do we have a full idea of the environmental challenges that are going to be coming out of this site, given that it's been a refinery and it's been like we were talking before we started, you know, this has been a refinery site of one night since the end of the civil war. I mean, that's a long time. That's a lot of area. Do we understand the challenges we're up against? I think so. I mean, this is not my area of expertise. So I have to rely on, uh, you know, environmental engineers and uh, to kind of guide us. But uh, the, um, uh, the EPA uh, required Sunoco as they were transitioning the site to the Philadelphia Energy Solutions to come up with uh, an environmental remediation plan for what are 11 areas of interest over the site. And so those areas have been uh, you know, relatively uh, kind of carefully mapped and they understand kind of what kind of toxins are there, where they're located. There's an especially large one kind of underground that could impact an aquifer that feeds uh, the water supply to, to South Jersey. So it, it's serious stuff. Um, it's uh, going to take a very long time to remediate. This is not going to be, you know, a year from now with a ribbon cutting at an Amazon warehouse. We've seen in case studies around the country and around the world that this could take 10 to 30 to 50 years to remediate a site that's this large and this toxic, but we know it can be done and it could be done with natural systems. We've seen, uh, for instance, a landfill on uh, Staten Island, 3000 acres, literally double this size over the past 30 years with, with plants that actually leach the toxins out of the soil, uh, make it safe for people to kind of be on and recreate. So uh, it really depends on what is the vision? How do we kind of create a partnership to make this happen? But ultimately, you want to create a place where a, a child can go to a playground on a site, pick up something off the ground, put it in his mouth, uh, and we're all kind of uh, feeling like that's okay. We can do that, but it has to be purposeful. How does what you see here sync up with the, the uh, what was approved for the Delaware River waterfront, the plan that was chosen over the Sixers arena. I think people hear <laughs> these concepts, but uh, are, is it the similar kind of compare contrast? How do they tie together? If at all. So conceptually, yes, this is all about taking formally uh, industrial land or, or river fill and connecting it back into the city in a way that is really kind of strategic and, uh, and, and adds to the overall health and welfare of the city of Philadelphia, not just a single owner. In 2006 to 2007, I led an effort to create a vision for the central Delaware, which is seven miles of the river from Allegheny at the north to Oregon at the south, the um, uh, I-95 at the west and the river at the east, and that's 1,100 acres. So it's roughly the same size, but that's a long kind of sliver of the waterfront that had been for 40, 50 years, really sort of felt thought to be just a place where if we can only create one big bang economically, let's put the Please Touch Museum down there. Let's put a stadium down there. Let's put a, a shopping uh, or an entertainment complex down there. All of those were not the right ones for that kind of site, given how disconnected it was from the river, how hard it was to get there because of I-95 cutting it off and the difficulty of building on river fill. So in a lot of ways, there are some similarities. On the other hand, this site is... 1,400 acres, it's owned by one owner, 
And it's, uh, there's the, the potential here to create a, a whole new city within those 1400 acres, but it's got to be done in a way that is, as I said, purposeful. The central Delaware, as we saw um, uh, just a month ago, the, the work that we did in 2006 and 07 to create the principles that would enable the Delaware to evolve in a much more organic um, way that would actually create, recreate a city along the banks of the Delaware. Uh, those principles held. And when the Delaware River Waterfront Corporation picked the Durst Corporation over the, um, the Sixers, it said, hey, this is really about re- regenerating the city, not just creating a, uh, a, an enclosed arena that's used uh, 40 times a year or whatever it is uh, that will not generate the kind of activity that we're looking for in terms of kind of urban uh, regeneration. So I think there are parallels, but we also have to remember that, again, the central Delaware uh, has been under development for 40, 50 years. There are new principles that guide it. It seems to be going in the right direction. This is tabula rasa. This is a uh, toxic 1,400-acre parcel that we need to kind of get our arms around in terms of how we, how we as a city would like to see the form and shape of this take place over the next generation. And final question is opportunities like this with the, the Philadelphia Energy Solution site, I, you, you talk about long-term, they don't come around that often that you can put forth a vision for an area this size that could have this type of impact. How exciting is it to you, the, the possibility of what this could be? Oh, it's thrilling. It really is. I mean, I've spent my whole life, I'm a lifelong Philadelphian. Uh, I've been going to the airport since I was a little kid, seeing my dad off on business trips. So this is, uh, this is, this is kind of my city, my, uh, my, my, my visual memory of what Philadelphia is. Remember that the car masher that used to be kind of at the bottom of the bridge as you came across from the airport. I mean, this was, this was just sort of the, the back door where you shoved everything you didn't want to see in the city to make this into the front door, literally to create an entrance to a 21st century Philadelphia that's green, clean, inviting on a formerly toxic site to me. It doesn't get much better. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 